Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today's show is going to have the combination, the, the wonderful combination of humor and I don't know if there's a word for profoundity, but let's just say it's profound, okay? Because I can't think of another word. Inspirational. Let's say inspirational. Um, <clears throat> we have with us Steve Rizzo, who was a national headline comedian with opening acts such as Drew Carey, Rosie O'Donnell, Chris, um, Chris R., Ellen DeGeneres, Rodney Dangerfield, Eddie Murphy, and Jerry Seinfeld. Steve starred in his own Showtime comedy special, earning him honors as a Showtime comedy all-star. He is a member of the prestigious Speakers Hall of Fame, an honor bestowed on fewer than 200 speakers worldwide. Um, he, his is a story that people will resonate with, similar to the theme in Rocky, where the underdog rises among the winners. And now Steve embarks on a new journey with his book that we're going to talk about today, Conversations with Bob, which I love, where he brilliantly shares an insightful and engaging practicality. No stranger to captivating an audience, his storytelling skills are filled with valuable nuggets and truth-telling. And I don't want to give it away because we have a lot to talk about. Welcome, Steve. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. <clears throat> okay, so today we're going to be talking about conversations with Bob. Okay, tell us who Bob is. Oh, right off the bat. Okay, I love that's a mm -hmm. hard question. Tell us who Bob is and how you and how you came to that. Bob is God. Okay. Bob is God, and and yeah, you know what? Let me tell you the origins of what what happened. Sure. So. Um, yeah, um, I I started writing the book at a very low point in my life, <clears throat> probably the lowest point of my life. It was after a 34-year <clears throat> marriage that was my decision. Okay. And uh, but I knew it had to be <clears throat> had to be done, and um, it was I could use the word devastating to me because you know it was devastating to my wife, of course. And uh, I just knew there was something inside of me that was missing, something. So I wasn't becoming who I'm supposed to be. I knew somehow, some way I was stifling my authentic self. And, um, you know, I've been an inspirational speaker for 25 years. And there I am on stage showing people how to turn their lives around and to live a fulfilling life. And for that portion of my life, I felt like a hypocrite. I wasn't walking my talk because I was miserable and I, I knew the information I was giving these uh, the information I was giving these people I, I knew it was the right information but I wasn't really walking my talk and I knew I had to face it's the only way I could get back on track again is to really face what was wrong with Stephen Francis Rizzo I lived on Long Island I got woke up one morning after a little bit of contemplation and I said to my wife I said um um, moving to California for a while. And she just looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? Let's see someone, see a psychologist, someone. This is not, this is not, this is not normal. And I knew, it, I knew it wasn't. 
make a very long story short, I called some friends, <clears throat> friends in the country, and I said, uh, I need your help. I need to get an apartment somewhere. And they managed to set me up in Marina del Rey, California, which is a beautiful place. I stayed there for close to two years facing my demons. What was, what was, why did I make this decision? And, and it, was it the right decision? And deep inside I knew it was, but I needed answers. One morning I was walking on Venice beach at about five o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> which is not a safe thing to do by the way. Right. And I lost control, total control of my emotions. And I started cursing. And I'm screaming at God and I'm saying, why is this happening? And where are you? I want you to answer me. And I let it out for quite some time. And I just sat down in the sand. And when I got up to walk, I took a step. And I said, what the hell is wrong with me? And what the hell am I doing here? And I heard something within me say, you know why you're here. And you know what's wrong. You're just too caught up in your own drama to find the answer. And I was saying, where is this coming from? So, Randy, I took another step, and I asked another question, and another answer came. Then another question, then another answer. And there I am, walking on the beach, asking questions, getting answers, and I said, this is absurd. So, I get into my car, I go to my apartment, I open up my laptop, and I'm tapping away. I ask another question, and then <clears throat> coming. And I must have been doing it for hours and hours. I was exhausted. I mean, really exhausted. I went to bed. I slept about 11 hours. And when I woke up, I opened up my laptop and I looked at what I wrote and I didn't remember writing, I would say 90% of the stuff. Okay. And so I started, I kept asking questions. And before long, I said, I'm writing a book here. This is a book. And I'm typing away like crazy. And then all of a sudden, my sense of humor kicked in. I had no idea where the book was going. Then my sense of humor kicked in. And my ability to tell a story kicked in. But out of those gifts that God has given me, <clears throat> the one gift that I learned the most from was my ability to become vulnerable. So um, I realized I was having this conversation with God. I knew that was God that was answering me. Okay. And God is Bob. And that's when my sense of humor came in. And uh, it's about two characters. I pulled book into two characters, Bob and Bernie. Bernie resides in the negative zone where challenges get blown out of proportion and problems turn into emotional havoc. Uh, and everyone, by the way, Randy, everyone on this planet, every, this is why I crafted the book this way. Everyone on this planet experiences Bernie's negative ways and emotions throughout various stages of their lives. Okay. No one is exempt. But then we have Bob, good old Bob to the rescue. Bob is of your higher nature, your true self, your authentic self. Bob is the God part of you, the part of you that always brings out the best in you, regardless of your circumstances. So this conversation ensues between these two characters. Bernie can't understand why his life isn't working. And the first conversation starts with Bernie in a heap of tears because he finds out who he's talking to is God, but he calls him Bob. And how he gets the name Bob, folks, you're going to have to find out for yourself. Okay. You it's pretty funny, though. Okay, so, so, so what I want to what I want to point out this was a near this was a near death experience, right, for Bernie, or it, yes. was it a death experience? Very good. I'm glad you brought that up. That's mm -hmm. the very beginning of the book. Right. 
Bernie and 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 is like I said, is everyone who lives in the negative zone. Mm -hmm. And I was so negative at that point. I'm mm -hmm. saying I'm going to create this character that's really ultra negative. And I don't even know why I was doing it, but I knew that's the way it had to be. So Bernie's checking into his hotel room. And I'm so glad you checked me on that. Uh, Bernie's in his hotel room and he's mumbling to himself and he's just cursing and spewing. He goes on oh, another day in the hotel. I don't know why I'm here. My life isn't working anyway. He's getting undressed. He's taking a shower. He's he's arguing about the little baby soap that they gave him to wash his whole body with. And all these hotels are the same. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just like front of little hair on, on the toilet seat and he goes, it figures, nobody cares. And he's just in this zone. And then he starts comparing himself to his brother-in-law, whom he thinks is an idiot, who has all the money in the world. I have so many good ideas, but none of them took off. And he has a glass of wine. He puts it by his night table, uh, by his bed. He turns on the TV. And he starts screaming at this infomercial that comes on about this guy saying you can change your life. And Bernie gets upset. He goes, you're a phony like everybody else. I bought your tapes. I bought your CDs. They don't work, pal. They all suck and you suck. And he goes to go to sleep. He turns the TV off and he closes his eyes and he feels this sharp pain in his chest. And he realizes he's having a heart attack. He picks up the phone and all he can say, the, the phone by his bed, and, and he says, help. I need help. So the scene changes. <clears throat> Bernie is being brought in in the hospital on this gurney. They're operating on him and his spirit rises and he's looking down at his body and he winds up in this place that he thinks is heaven and he meets this guy, Bob, who is God. And that's how the conversation ensues. Okay. Okay. You know, and he's very confused because when he figures out the door that he needs to knock on for God on the other side is this old hippie man. Yeah. Yeah. Who's saying he's God and uh -huh. Bernie's really confused. Yep. But <clears throat> the, the dialogue that goes back and forth is so um, it's funny, but it's so profound, as I said in the beginning. And the messages in here that you deliver are so inspiring but at the same time you're using humor and you know and i think this is a great idea because <clears throat> the word god is something a lot of people don't want to hear yep. they may believe in something but they don't want to hear god okay uh and i try to shy away from that on this program because i know some people are turned off but bob yep we, we can accept bob right that's exactly why I, I I said that. That's why I use Bob. And if you think about it, when you say God and you say Bob, it's very similar. <laughs> it is. It's very similar. And Bob even says, Bob even says, you know, call me Bob. You know, I, I want you to because this way people can look at me as a friend, which I am, and, and somebody that they can talk to, which they can. So let's use Bob, he said, from now on. So that's what he does. And Bob offers Bernie, because Bernie, there's a point, as you know, because you read it, where he just, this is at the beginning of the conversation, when he starts yelling at Bob, he goes, you never answered my prayers. He goes, don't you know what it's like? And he's in a ball of tears. Don't you know what it's like to have the talent to succeed and fail over and over again? Don't you know what it's like? you have any idea when you see your friends have everything that you want and the, your business partners, they're excelling and, and nothing's working for you? So... Bob lets him vent, and then Bob says, 
Bernie, I did answer your prayers. But you pray with the same negative attitude that you have about your life, and yet you expect a miracle. And Bernie yells at Bob and says, of course I expect a miracle. Isn't that your job? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> right. So then Bob goes, Bernie, have you ever heard the saying, God helps those who help themselves? Bernie goes, I heard it my whole life. He goes, well, apparently you don't know what it means. <laughs> it means that you have to meet me halfway. I can only do for you for what you're willing to do for yourself. But you go into prayer believing before you even pray that the prayer is not going to be answered. You have to believe that it's going. And anyway, he, so Bob offers Bernie what he calls common sense success strategies and shifting habits that can turn his life around, put him on track to create the mindset that is needed to connect with that higher part of yourself. It's really the law of attraction. That's what the book is about. So, um, you know, I flagged some areas, um, some phrases and things that come up in the book that <clears throat> I really liked. And um, on page 38, you say, um, Bernie, thanks for a second. Besides making sure that I'm not being surrounded by zombies, recalculate my GPS system, choose an alter alternate route, turn around and move in that direction. Um, <clears throat> And then Bob says, exactly. It doesn't make sense to just sit in your car and whine. You simply choose another way to your destination, whatever or wherever that may be. And if that doesn't work, you choose another way. And you keep choosing until you get where you want to go. And so Bernie says, so a dead end is life's way of saying, please choose another way. I love this. I love this. And Bob says, absolutely. And then he goes on to explain it. Yep. Yep. And, and that, isn't that the plight of most people, though, Randy? They try and then they try. Maybe they try twice or three times and all of a sudden, oh, this isn't going to work. And God, if you if you just explored any success story, everyone had to go through trials and tribulations. Some had to go through insurmountable odds, but they never gave up and they learned from their mistakes, which is empowerment which is what Bob is teaching Bernie throughout the whole book. You live, you learn, and you're here to grow to become the best person that you can be. And it is indeed our challenges that enables us to become empowered. It's what you do about what happens that makes the difference. It's so true. That's so true. Um, <clears throat> it's very hard. Really, the first time you're trying to work this concept, okay, it's very hard to see through the muck and the mud and say, okay, there's something good that's going to come out of this. But I think in hindsight, when we have a few of these experiences, we can look back and we can say, yeah, I can see where that took me and why wow. I had to go through it. Wow, that's, that's so well said. And you know what? I look at my life, I'm 72 years old now. I was just 72 last week. And I look back, I'm like, this is the amazing thing. When you, If you could say this at a point in your life, then you should consider yourself successful. Everything that I cursed in my life, all of my challenges, all of my problems have become my greatest blessings because I learned from them. Mm -hmm. And I move forward as a result. And I forgave myself, which is a, something that a lot of people can't do. You know, uh, this is a message I thoroughly believe in, because 
that's exactly how it was for me. Um, so then Bob says, when people pray for blessings, they should pray to be helpful along the way. In other words, my friend, a prayer for a blessing or for a better life is not asking that a particular situation be different, rather is asking that you see it differently as you work your way through it. Are you following me? Yeah. Yep. A, a prayer doesn't, when you pray for something, people, you know, they pray for something to go away and, and it, it doesn't, sometimes it does, but it takes, I, I would say in, in every aspect it does, but you have to work your way through it. What are you learning from this? Whatever it is that you're going through. Are you angry? Are you going to stay bitter? Um, how can you get from this place to the next place? And it, it is that you got to pray for the ability to work through it. And you have to meet Bob halfway. And that, I love it. That's what the whole thing is. I you, love it. Yeah. Some <clears throat> people just flip out and they make a challenging situation worse than what it has to be. That's right. They get into that why woe is me syndrome. I've been there. I understand. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work. It does yeah. not work. It keeps you stuck. And you end up getting angry and screaming, like, help me. Why aren't you helping me? And and all you're doing is putting up resistance and blocking any yeah. help that you may get, right? Yeah. And you have to own it. You know, Bob tells tells Bernie in the book that the book is that, that the comments, your life is based on three principles. Number one, um, you need to know that you are um, um, you are the creator of your success and happiness. What that means is it's not what happens to you that determines your quality of life. It's what you do about what happens. You know, uh, the second principle is you are, you need to know that you're the only problem that you will ever have. But somewhere within you, there was a solution waiting to be discovered. Mm. The third principle is whenever you're confronted with a challenge or a problem, regardless of its magnitude, it's never a matter of managing the situation. It's always a matter of how you manage your mind. Can you manage your mind and those toxic thoughts and those those labels that are the very things that are keeping you from living the life that you desire? And it may not bring back what you lost. I have a brother that's a recently passed away Christmas Eve, biggest inspiration in my life by far, who was 100% disabled from the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. 21 feet of his small intestine were either taken out or blown out on the battlefield. Oh my gosh. His other internal organs, what he did with his life, Randy, he did more than survive, He's, he thrived. He became a principal of the high school, he became superintendent of the high school, wow. where he graduated from. And I'm, I'm making a very long story short, but my point is, did, did his intestines come back? No. He went from 168 pounds to 98 pounds. He finally managed to go up to 125 pounds. But did, did that aspect of his life come back? No. But he focused on what was working rather than fixating what, what, what isn't working. He blessed the things that life, is, that life has given him rather than cursing what life has taken from him. And we all have the power to do that. It's what you're focusing on. So true. And that's why he was such a brilliant educator. You should have seen the amount of people that came to the wake services. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Students from 40 years, 35 years were coming in. Teachers that retired a long time ago were coming in. Oh, my gosh. 
Yep. What a blessing to, to know him, to have him in your life. But, but, but it's based on the choices he made. Exactly. It's based on what he was focusing on. You could focus on what's missing or focus what you have. And, 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 and in the book, you know, there's that whole thing. Get your shift together, which is telling Bernie to walk through your life with an attitude of gratitude. You will always be confronted with challenges, but you go through the day focusing on all the stuff that isn't working. You don't even know that you can choose to focus on what you have. I'm just looking down at um, some, a passage that I um, that I flagged. This is um, this is a scene, and maybe you can sort of set it up. But <clears throat> there's an hourglass in in Bob's office, let's say his office, and um, he looks at Bernie, and um, he says, "Dealing with pain and loss is all a part of being human, Bernie." There is no escaping that. Yet the truth is that throughout history, even amid the most devastating of circumstances, people have made courageous choices that have not only allowed themselves at least some degree of relief from their suffering, but have led many to become victorious thought leaders who set a higher standard for the rest of the world to learn from. And Bernie sighs and sits down and says, okay, I got it. Bob says, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. He says, yes, I'm sure, but never mind. Um, what was the significance of that hourglass? That there were a couple of things that went through my. As a matter of fact, you know, I this is this is one of the bizarre things of writing, especially when you're in the zone. I even said, and I knew it wasn't me; it was the Bob within me mm -hmm. that said, "This is real." And I said, I almost deleted that. I said, no, this isn't, for some reason, this was Bob's way of saying time is on your side. And, and even if you've screwed up most of your time in your life, mm -hmm. even if you only get it in the latter part of your life, time is on your side there. And that's all that matters. The only time that matters is the moment. Too many people, I bet you a lot of people listening to this now, too many people unknowingly are living in the past of all the crap that happened to them and and they're and they're living or they're living with fear of the future mm -hmm. totally avoiding living in the moment the only the moment is the only place where your life can take place it's the only area but most people live in the in the past or in the future so bob is telling bernie you know time is on your side if you if you choose I've had people come up to me in my workshops not too long ago. It was about three weeks ago. I was in Dallas and someone said, but doesn't it, don't you ever wish that you would have learned this stuff 30 years ago? And I said, no. And they said, well, how could you say that? I said, because the blessing in all that is if I didn't go through that crap for such a long period of time, I wouldn't be in a position where I can help people to live a healthier, happier life by teaching them what I went through. That's how they learn. Got it. So I, I got to look at that. And I said, plus, I'm so in the moment <laughs> now that my mindset, and I'm so happy where I am, that my mindset doesn't even think about going 30 years saying, I wish I would have, I should have. I stopped shooting on myself a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I work with I work with clients who 
have gone through narcissistic abuse, domestic kind of abuse, um, emotional abuse mainly, and um, <clears throat> adult children of narcissistic abuse, so the ones who have grown up with it from their family, you know, influenced by their parents and their family and things like that, <clears throat> generally don't wake up to how much it's affected them until they're between 45 and 60 years old. It's very unusual. But <clears throat> I say that because many people come to me in their late 50s, in their 60s, and say to me, I've wasted so much time. I'm so angry that I had to waste so much time. And I always say to them, it's not when you get it, it's that you get it. Yeah, that's that's a key. That's a great that's a great phrase. Yeah. Yes. And, and and you know what? But they don't acknowledge it. That's 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 the the complexity of the human mind and your heart, because you have a choice on what aspect of that to focus on. And when you start living in regret that I wish I would have, you're, you're just you're not living in the true pleasure of finally getting it. It's true. You're, you know, and that's a shame. And that's that's another thing that's based on choices. You know, yeah, I mean, we, we really um we hurt ourselves. Yep, yep. And it's, <laughs> it's the journey. It's 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 becoming aware. You have to become aware of what you're doing to yourself mm -hmm. because you can't fix something unless you're aware that something is broken. Yeah. And then once you can say to yourself something's not right, then you have to pinpoint what it is, and that's up to you to investigate. Mm -hmm. Where is this negative mindset coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, how, and then you realize you you look back at, at your life and some of the things that happened, and you're saying, "Wow, I'm taking that stuff from the past into every present moment." Yep. People are afraid to go for that next job interview because maybe one or two before were very humiliating. Yep. You're and right. they think the same thing is going to happen before mm -hmm. they even leave the house to go for the interview. And that's the mindset they go into the interview with. And then they can't understand why they messed that one up, too. If you're going into something, if you have a goal that you want to achieve and you're thinking it's not going to work before you set out to do it, it's not going to work. You And, and you have to know, no matter what it is, I don't care who's listening, I don't care who you are, what you do, what you want to achieve, you have to know from the get-go that you are going to be confronted with challenges. Some of you will be hit with intense stuff. Mm -hmm. But principle number one, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about what happens. You are the creator of your success and happiness. So. Absolutely. Everything that you say is so true. I mean, look at and Sylvester Stallone. <clears throat> I mean, look what he did with his life. How we turn that movie into the number one movie of all time. It's considered the biggest motivational, inspirational movie ever. And he went through everything, years, and he had to do it himself. Mm -hmm. You know, you were saying, um, you know, about how people, um, they refer back to things that did not work out to them and assume that that's going to be the pattern for the future. <clears throat> and the way I see it is, you know, I, I believe that we come here with an agenda of growth to, to grow our soul. This is the school. This is where we learn it. It's the toughest university we'll ever go to. Um, 
But when something, a door keeps slamming in your face, that's one of the things you came here to do, to do. You know, that's how I've learned to look at it. It's like, if I hit a wall, I go, I don't know how I'm going to get over, around, or under it, but I know it's there because I have to. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's basically kind of what you were saying. It's like, no, this is a challenge for a reason. Don't keep yeah. feeding off the past. I agree with you. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes hitting that wall is a blessing because <laughs> it's maybe not the direction you're supposed to be going in. Mm -hmm. The universe has a way. God has a way. Bob has a way. Your authentic <laughs> self, your true self, doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it Henry. You can call it Randy. It doesn't matter. Has a way of giving you these little clues, these little hints. Mm -hmm. You know, and and because we are so stubborn, we think there's only one way. And that's another thing when you're praying. You can't, don't try and figure out how it's going to happen. Just know that it's going to happen. Don't figure out when it's going to happen, because that's the stuff that keeps it from happening. Because that's when the negative stuff starts coming in, you know? Yeah, I mean, timing is everything, and it's never in our time. No, 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 it's, it's really not. I, I can name situations. Uh, there are a few times when flights were canceled and I know now when the flight's canceled rather than wallowing about it, do the best you can to get on the next flight, but there's an opportunity somewhere. And I have managed to have conversations with people at the Sky Club at Delta Airlines, made incredible connections. Wow. And, 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 you know, helping me with my business or me helping them. Maybe it's someone that you could be helping. But if you're stuck in that negative zone and all it takes is one thought, when, when your life isn't going the way that you want, and this is what I think Bob shows Bernie explicitly, is that it takes one negative thought. You're setting out to achieve a goal. Everything's going good. And all of a sudden you hit a wall. And soon as you open up your mouth and say, with this emotional upheaval, oh, damn it, here we go again. Soon as you say it like that, you open up the door to the negative zone. And you're inviting more like thoughts to come into play. Okay, and now you're saying, I can't believe this. Every time I try to do something, it never works. I'm always going two steps up, three steps back. Every time I want something, it never works. Why does everybody have what I want? So not only did the negative door zone open, now you're inside. And you're wondering why you can't achieve the goal. Some people call this negative self-talk. Bob calls it self-curse talk because you're casting a spell on your life. Wow. And if there's anything that's going to keep you from achieving your goals or living the life that you desire, it is 100% because of self-curse talk. You literally have to stop and think about what you're thinking throughout the course of a day because those thoughts are creating your reality. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't things. have to be true. Right. It's one of the first things I do with my clients is that's the homework is start writing down what you're saying to yourself because yeah. you're you're so cruel to yourself and you don't even realize it. No, well, what, they don't know that those thoughts <clears throat> are solidifying their beliefs. Those beliefs are calling them to feel like crap, worthless. That's right. That all leads to the attitude that you have. And all of that, that cycle that feeds off of each other leads to the actions that you take that leads to your outcome. Right. And it doesn't have to be true, but if you believe that it's true, that's all that matters in your world. Right. And, you know, people say, you know, well, 
it's the way I was brought up. It's the programming. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just rolling around in your head like a tape and yep. you can turn it off. You don't have to turn, you know, that's not happening yep. anywhere. It's like what you were yeah. saying is going back to the past and existing there and thinking that that's going to dictate the rest of your life. That's yep. not what's going to happen. Yeah, <clears throat> You're, that's exactly <clears throat> it. I think people need to know that their subconscious runs 97% of their life. Doesn't know the difference between true or false. It only knows information that you program into it. That's right. A lot of people are creating a belief system that signifies work, life equals habit, confusion, lack of appreciation, and successes for other people. And apparently I'm not one of them. You've just created, you just put a stamp mm -hmm. on your forehead saying, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy enough. Wow. You know, I have people argue with themselves. I say, okay, so the first time you say something to yourself that's mean, I want you to say, so say it's me, Randy, I don't like the way you said that. I don't like that thought. Can we do this a different way? I said, call yourself out on these things. Just say it. Absolutely. Shut up, Randy. That's not nice or whatever you want to say, but call yourself on these things um, rather than just letting them overtake you. And the more you do that, the more that becomes a part of who you are. Right. And then before you know it, it's so quick. You Before you even do it, you go, uh -uh, no, not going there. Mm -hmm. Not going there. What I do and what I have done, and it works, it's very similar to what you said. I just go, this is a test. And I just want the whole universe to know I'm going to pass this test. I am not going in that zone. I will not do it. Not going there. As soon as you say that with that conviction, and of course, you know, I do it with humor. I'll do it in a different voice or something. Right. You know, I'll do, it, I'll do it like Jim from Taxi. I'm not gonna do it, do it again. You know, I'll do something. <laughs> okay, donkey. You know, whatever. And and that'll make me laugh, and that snaps me out of it immediately. I do that with my grandchildren. And I let them know, well, what's another way you could look at this? My my granddaughter's an incredible dancer. And she'll be berating herself for making a mistake. I said, so yeah, you made a mistake, but you knew you made a mistake. She goes, yeah. I said, so do you know what to do to correct it? She said, yeah. I said, focus on that. Focus on that. Don't focus on with that pout on your face. Say, oh, I know what I did wrong. And then fix it. Mm -hmm. Right. A simple shift. That's all it is. Right. Which, it's always is, mistakes are a way for us to just figure out a different way to do it. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and everyone has that creative part of them that they can tap into, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and, and I, I like what you said before, because when a lot of people hear that word, God, they get nervous because old yeah. patterns and beliefs and fear comes to the forefront of a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to tell you, with this book, Conversations with Bob, I thought for a while, and Bob kept telling me, don't go there, don't go there. I thought a lot of my corporate clients, and I speak for Fortune 100 companies, I thought if they ever saw the word God in the book, what would they say? Mm -hmm. But when they read the book, like you have, they get it. I just did my program now. I have a program out called The Bob Factor. And I just spoke to a group in California. I was in West Orange at the Hilton, and um, I sold over 200 copies of the book wow. because the CEO and the vice president of the company read the book beforehand, and they said, this 
is what my leadership leader, leadership team needs. And it just blew me away. And I used the strategies. So I just got a phone call from them. This was like, like last week I spoke and everyone is giving Bobisms now to their coworkers. <laughs> Bobisms. I know. I love it. Yeah. Um, it, it's a great way to learn these things rather than somebody say, this is how we do this. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the way to live. This is the way to manifest. But you're using humor. And so we enjoy learning these things. And when you're enjoying it, um, you, it, you get it. You download it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, it's like Bob said. And I, one of the chapters is called uh, Humor <clears throat> Being to the Rescue, where he shows Bernie, man, you know, Bernie goes, I have a sense of humor. And he goes, no, you had a sense of humor. I said, he goes, you don't anymore. You take life way too seriously. And um, that was my first book, by the way, Becoming a Humor Being. I wrote that many, many, many years ago. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, it, I get 10 to 20 pitches a day for people who want to be on the show. And um, <clears throat> when I... Um, you know, I, I generally look at the topic, okay, and I look at the title of the book. If that book has the word God in it, I will not have it more. Yeah. Because my viewers, I've actually, years ago, I actually had a viewer say, you're very, like, religious, aren't you? You use the word God. And I said, absolutely not. No. He's like, well, you know, it's just, it just seems like that to me. So from that point on, I'm really careful with how I do that because I want people to get the concept. I don't want them stuck on a word. Yeah. And unfortunately, <clears throat> religion has caused people to be stuck on something. You know, my opinion, Bob is love. 100% pure love, which my favorite chapter is the last chapter in the book, the L word. I love that. I was crying when I wrote that. Oh. I mean, I had actually really, it just grabbed me because it didn't, it, exemplifies the relationship between Bob and Bernie and dare I say God and everyone on this planet. And it, it was that closeness that people don't feel when they hear the word God. It's more of fear than it is love. I agree. I agree. And it just has to some people, you know, it's a wonderful connotation, but to many people, it's a put, it puts them off. It makes them yeah. resist. Yeah, and, and I like what Bob said to Bernie. I, I don't judge and, and, and I don't punish. He goes, people, he goes, Bernie, you're not being punished for your sins. You're being punished by your sins. It's because you're not living in according to the laws of the universe that I can't change. If you think your life sucks and you go through your life thinking that you will create a belief system that says you suck and you're not going to achieve. I'm not doing this to you. The law of attraction works that way. You're doing it to yourself. You live, you, you're fulfilling a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's in the hands so, of everyone. So, okay. Uh, so on page 64, <clears throat> Bernie says, okay. So, so let me get this straight. You want me to enjoy the process even when I have no idea what's going on or how it will turn out, and it looks like everything is falling apart. Bob says, that would be a, yep, number two, Bob says. 
Unfortunately, this is something that most people leave out or forget, especially when things aren't working out the way they want. That's when the stress level gets really intense and self-doubt, overwhelming anger, and fear become very dangerous mindsets. And without realizing it, enjoyment becomes secondary at a time when it's most important and should be primary. And then Bernie just stares at Bob. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and Bob says, when you make a conscious choice to enjoy yourself during the process of achieving your goal, you become more creative, more productive, more resilient. You find yep. solutions and so forth and so on. And he says, that's a promise, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and <clears throat> enjoyment seems to be something that most people leave by the wayside. And, and that's one of the things I gave a presentation a while ago and in the audience uh, were CEOs of major finance companies and insurance companies. And these people were incredibly wealthy. And when I said to them, <laughs> when I said to them, guys, I'll tell you what, I don't care who you are. I don't, because we all had this little bit of a debate about enjoying yourself and how it's difficult to when you have pressure and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I said, here's the bottom line. I said, and only you guys know this. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make. Uh, everyone in your inner circle can look at you as the ultimate success story. But the bottom line is this. If you're not happy, you're not successful. And if you're having a tough time enjoying yourself during the process of whatever it is you're trying to achieve, you're ripping yourself off. And trust me, there are enough people out there willing to do that for you. And you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, they were loosening their ties. And some people were even going like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Because it's indicative in this country especially. The mindset is, I'll enjoy myself when I achieve the goal. Mm -hmm. When I get to where I want to go. And no, as Bob is telling Bernie, no, it's the journey towards the goal is where your life unfolds. It's the journey when you're sending a message out to, to me and the entire universe that you're here willing and able to, to meet any challenge head on. The journey should be the goal. The destination is just the icing on the cake. The journey is the cake. And, and, and people don't get that. So you're putting your happiness on hold. What if you're saying to yourself, hey, you know what? I'll enjoy myself when I achieve the goal. What if it takes you five to 10 years? Then you stress and you're intense and you're yep. negative and you're yep. lashing out all and that time because it exactly. is happening. And then some people say, well, won't I at least find happiness once I achieve it? No, because the mindset stays with you. It'll only be a fleeting glimpse of happiness that will dissipate. And that mindset that you created will say, okay, that's over with. What else do I need to make me happy? Yes. Right. Goal oriented people are never happy. No. Boy. Because they reach their goal and it's now what? Why wow, that's 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 exactly it. That right. is exactly you know now what? I, a perfect example. People do it on a daily basis. <clears throat> it's Monday. Anyone that's listening to this show, it's Monday. You're at work, it's really stressful. And unknowingly, and it's always unknowingly, remember what I said about your subconscious, your subconscious is the genie of your soul. Whatever you say to it, it will say your wish is my command. So if it's Monday and it's a hectic day and you start mulling around the office saying, you know what, this is getting to me. I'll tell you what, it's only Monday. When the weekend gets here, that's when I'm going to enjoy myself. Right now, I got too many things that have to be done. When I get the respect and appreciation mm -hmm. that I deserve, that's what I'm going to, when the weekend gets here. Your subconscious, the genie of your soul, is saying, your wish is my command. 
I could wait for the weekend for you to be happy. So now the weekend comes and people in my audience, you know, when I'm giving the workshops are going, well, won't you be happy then? No. And they say, why? I said, because that mindset's still there. Now you're going to be saying, I wish my idiot neighbor would stop with the leaf blower. I wish he'd stop mowing the lawn. Why can't the kids get the hell out of the house just for two hours and give me peace? Right. It's this is my weekend. I'm supposed to be happy here. Yeah. You'll always find, you'll always find, I know, you'll always find something. And we do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I know. It is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> that's, that's why, too, when I was writing this book, there were times I just sat down, I'm laughing because I'm learning. I'm, I, I am a big part of me is Bernie. I said Bernie is everybody, but Bob is too. Which one are you going to listen to throughout your life, Bob or Bernie? It's your choice. Hmm. I love it. I just yeah. uh, this book is is so creative. Um, so I just love it. I just think it's such a great way to get this message across, you know. And of course, okay, these messages are are said by other people and everything like that. But sometimes it's so intense that you're like, that can't that I can't do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah, you're saying that's how it should be, but it's not for me. I can't do that. But the way that you present it here allows us to go, yeah, I can. Yeah, that's right. You know what someone said to me not too long ago? They said, when I read this, it brought out the reason why it's palatable is because you brought out my inner child. Oh, wow. You made it so easy. It was like I was in school. Bob was the teacher. And just saying, now listen to me, this is what we're going to do. And it's written that way. That's why Bob calls them common sense success strategies. They're innate. We're all born with this, folks. We're born with solutions to problems and answers to questions. You sit that we get so caught up in the crap of life, we're not aware that we can tap into this part of ourselves. It's yeah, so there's so much wisdom here. And I know the older we get, we really do accumulate wisdom because we've made a lot of mistakes, um, had a lot of experiences, right? So, but where did this wisdom come from? Were you downloading this from Bob God? Yeah, yeah. I, I, as corny and as weird as that is, there, and I mean this, I said it before and I'll say it again, there were times when I was finished writing and I look at it sometimes a couple of days would many days would go by and I would reread it and I would say I don't remember this and another part of me would say this is really good <laughs> you know you know I, and it's, it wasn't boasting it was just I, I don't I really don't remember and I think what has happened because I years and years ago I went on this quest to better myself and through the years of reading everything and going to spiritual seminars and Tony Robbins seminars and going to sleep with affirmations, mm -hmm. this was the point in my life where it all spewed out. Mm -hmm. All that information stays in you, whether you know it or not, mm -hmm. good stuff and bad stuff. But it spewed out in such a way, and I owe it to my humor being, that, that part of me that ignited my sense of humor that made it so much easier and, and fun to do. I didn't get caught up. This is this is 
the law of attraction in action without the metaphysical jargon. You know what I'm saying? Without that that heavy mm -hmm. stuff. It's just put in layman's terms. You know, I have a question for you. So when you were doing your comedy years yeah. ago, were you a different person? Were you focusing on negative things? Because comedians often do. <clears throat> well, yeah. When I was doing comedy, I'm going to go back a little bit. I love the question. I was voted least likely to succeed in my senior class in high school. Okay. I was told by a guidance counselor I didn't have what it takes to go to college when I was 14 years old. Said it to my mom and dad right in front of me. Oh. It was that type of negative labeling that molded the direction for a good part of my life. I'm going to make a very long story short, but I know you're going to get the point. It's going to answer your question in a minute. I did go to college. <clears throat> I graduated with high honors, took me six years after high school to go, went back to the same school that I graduated from. And I was an English teacher and a counselor for kids with behavioral problems. Oh, wow. Proving once and for all that guidance counselors aren't fortune tellers. But something incredible happened. I left the school system, decided to get into the world of stand-up comedy. I nailed it right away. 25 years, I headlined comedy clubs, theaters, colleges, a lot of TV stuff, had my own Showtime special. I was nominated by Woody Harrelson as a Showtime comedy all-star. Oh, wow. Okay. My opening acts, as you said, were Chris Rock, Drew Carey, Rosie O'Donnell. I shared the marquee with Eddie Murphy, Rodney Dangerfield, Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. So, um, and, and I'm not saying this to impress anyone. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> I'm saying it. What is impressive? Exactly. But here's the point. Something happened. You're talking about, did I have that fear or negative way doing stand-up? Randy, I thought I had that negative stuff under control. Mm. I realized in the middle of my stand-up career, I was wondering why my opening acts are getting the big breaks and how come I'm not? How come opportunity isn't knocking on my door? And I came to the realization that it was, I was afraid to open the door. Mm. And I sabotaged sabotage many big breaks that were coming my way. My manager would call me and say, hey, you got to get in LA. There's an audition for a sitcom or a movie. You're perfect for it. And I would make an excuse. I'm already booked in Omaha, Nebraska. I can't. And they would go, well, get somebody else. What are you talking about? And here's what happened. I actually fooled myself. I fooled myself thinking it was more important to be a big fish in a small pond than a minnow in the ocean. When you go for an audition at the clubs in, 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 in LA, it's all industry people, no yeah. public. So I looked at that as authority again. Mm. And I owe all that not being good enough, smart enough or worthy enough. And I didn't want to risk failing <clears throat> them telling you, you no, no thanks, you're not good enough. So I sabotaged when I found out I did that. I went on a quest to better myself for years. It took, went to, as I said, all these seminars, my belief system was incredibly empowered. And that's when the entertainment industry was very interested, but I know something happened. I was no longer interested in them. And that's because of what I learned through that quest to better myself. I, a part of me was saying, this is what you're supposed to be doing with the rest of your life. So I left stand up to do what I now do. I'm so glad you asked that question, but that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had a lot of negativity when I was. I'll bet, I'll bet. That's what people find funny, self-deprecation. Oh yeah, 
<clears throat> but it, it took its toll until I realized what I was doing. Right. Yeah, people love that. Yeah. <laughs> the best decision, best decision I ever made, though. Yeah. And I have no regrets at all. Um, you know, you were saying before um, about your books and how you read back and you read things and you're like, I didn't write that. I do the same thing. My books are downloaded, you know, for the most part. And when I read them back, I go, did I, um, did I steal that from somewhere? Where did I get that, that thought from? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, that sounds like I'm, like I'm uh, <clears throat> plagiarizing. That really sounds like I'm plagiarizing, Randy. Where did I go? You know, and then I have to go, well, I guess you thought it because you wrote it. Um, yeah. But because it's similar. It's similar. It's it's almost like the same message, <clears throat> just in the way that you give it, like you said. You know, it's you know, Paul McCartney woke up and he thought that he stole the song yesterday. He had it in a dream. <laughs> and he asked John, he said, Listen to me a favor. Did you really hear this song before? And John said, No, I never heard it. Don't worry, it's yours. You know, it was he actually thought for quite some time. He kept calling people up. Did you ever and he goes, well, because it's mine. <laughs> because it was that clear to him. Exactly. Yep. yep. Amazing. That's right. If you don't realize, folks, that there's something more to your human existence than, than what you're experiencing, you're ripping yourself off. There's so much out there. But you've got to allow yourself to let that part of you go. You're so right. So, um, you know, in the end, you've got Bob's high points to remember. Um, <clears throat> positive people are also the ultimate shift heads. They create ways to shift their perspective that enable them to use their energy to find solutions rather than wallowing in the problem. Yeah, so we've, we've covered a lot of these, um, <clears throat> a lot of these was sayings, whatever or they are. Bobisms. 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 That's it. Bobisms. I love, that's good. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you think is, is, is really important to mention? Um, just, I just want to let everyone know, when you read the book, relate to Bernie and relate to Bob and just come to the realization, whatever it is you're going through, that it's part of the human condition to make challenging situations way more difficult than they have to be. We are our worst enemies by far, but you have to give yourself that break, that chance, and you have to be aware as to why your life isn't working. You have to ask yourself deep-rooted questions, hardcore questions, and investigate where that stuff came from, and then just know that there's something within you that can turn that around. And by the way, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight, it takes a while. And but the more you do it, the more you have that aha moment, the more empowered you become. And that other part of you starts dominating your life instead of the one that's dominating yourself where you were residing in the negative zone. Uh, I don't know if there are anybody listening that was as negative as I was at one, my, one point in my life. And I didn't know why. It's the only one I started looking back and saying, well, Crap, man, you were voted least likely to succeed. You were told by a guidance counselor you weren't smart enough. 
You know, I, I had a lot of this. I did a thing that I called time traveling. And I, I sat in my room for two days. The only time I left was to go to, to use the bathroom or to get something to eat. And I would meditate to find out. And I went to first grade. And in first grade, I'm sitting there meditating and something shocked me. My first grade teacher is hitting me on the head with a red pencil saying, what is wrong with you? You should know this. This is wrong. This is wrong. And I'm going, wow. And that's the stuff that came with me into my adult life. Mm -hmm. So we all have stuff. Yeah, we all have. Yeah, stuff. But we also have good stuff, too. Do. You know, <clears throat> and and this makes sense to me to hold on to the good stuff and learn from the bad stuff. Yeah. Well, learn from the good stuff, too. Right. There's, you know, there's a lot going on now with people. There's a lot of challenges with people. And um, <clears throat> I think it it creates a sort of a victimized society, you know, where people feel like um, control is taken away from them. And in a sense, it is in, in ways of, you know, as far as government and the world oh, yeah. around us and things like that. <clears throat> but I always try to look at spreading the positive, spreading the light to overtake this craziness. And if we would all just do that, instead of saying, oh, why is this happening? Just to yeah. just be positive and the ripples, let the ripples extinguish the darkness. And um, that's all we can do, but it's powerful, isn't it, Steve? It's incredibly powerful. It's enlightening. It's, and it takes a while to get there. I hope some of the things that can help you to do that is, is meditation. Mm -hmm. It's prayer, knowing that the prayer is going to be answered, not in the way that you might want it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, how to shift your mindset and your way of thinking. Uh, there's so much stuff out there that you can Google today more than any other time. How to better your life, how to go. My 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 new presentation, The Bob Factor, how to go from woe is me to wow is me. Mm -hmm. How to shift your mindset, you know, from failure to success, from unhappiness to fulfillment, and from lack to abundance. And and it's it's all it, it's all there for you. Mm -hmm. It's just that we get so caught up in the negative habits. It's so true. I mean, when somebody told me twelve years ago or so, um, or even suggested that I be doing this, in addition to the other work that I'm doing, I said, "There's no way. I hate the sound of my voice." And you know, the the thing was that. I grew up in a in a pretty toxic environment where <clears throat> my father tended to put his foot in his mouth every time he opened it. Okay. And so I had this fear that when I start speaking, I'm going to be saying really stupid things. <laughs> so for the first, I don't know, 20 shows, I wrote out every single word and I read it off the paper. And people were saying that the, the feedback I was getting was the content is good, but she doesn't know how to read this because it sounds like she's reading. Okay. Yeah. So then I graduated a little bit to interviewing people. Once I did it, I found I really, really liked it. And I was good at it. By the way, you're, I, you're, you're very good at what you do. Okay. Thank I do you. this a lot. No, you are the right questions. I am. I so respect that you did read the book. And you had little marks, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want you to know that you. Thank do you. I I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So then, for ten or eleven years, I wouldn't do it in front of the camera. 
I hid, I just did voice, you know? Ah. And so I was hiding behind that, you know, it was fear. This doesn't come, this doesn't just, you know, people see me comfortable in front of the camera and they just think, okay, that's the way she, no, it was many, many years to get this. And then I finally was terrified to do it video, do video podcasts, terrified. And I said, okay, then that means you have to do it because, you know, you have to move past that. You, you just can't let that, you know, and, right. and it's great. And I love it. It's great. So, but thank you for that compliment. Steve, tell us um, what you do, what, where your website is, where we can get the book, all of those things. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, right now, um, you can go to my website, uh, steverizzo.com, and you'll see that uh, I am what my nickname in the business is called the Mindset Adjuster. I shift people's mindsets uh, across the globe. Okay. Um, you can get the book on that website, or you can go to yourinnerbob.com, yourinnerbob.com. My goal for the rest of my life, my mission is, this book is the reason why I was put on this planet. By the way, book two is almost finished, um, which is pretty cool. You'll contact but, me about that, okay? Oh, I will. I will. Um, but folks, if you really do enjoy the book, and I think you will, I just ask for a review on Amazon. That can go a long way. And then, Randy, if you could do that, I would appreciate that. Um, it, <clears throat> it's an easy book. It's an easy book. It's there. And um, it, it can take you to a better place in your life, personally and professionally. Uh, so true. I speak, to, I speak to a lot of corporate clients right now, and I'm using this program, and um, that's that's it. Spreading the light and the ripples. Like that. There it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, perfect. I, that's what I like. You know, I want to have people on my show that are spreading the light. And the ripples. Um, and we're all part of it. We're all on, we're all in the, we're like a family of people just because you realize and I realize that life is tough, but we're making it tougher than it has to be. You, you got to shift your focus in the way of thinking to what's working rather than fixating what isn't working. And that all starts when you open up your eyes to greet the day, which I believe is chapter eight in this book. <laughs> Yeah. Attitude of gratitude. <laughs> Attitude of grat. Oh, gratitude. Oh, we didn't even get into that, but that's a big one. It's huge. That's a really big one. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. I go for gratitude walks every morning, every morning, almost every single morning, and <laughs> and it's just and and it's not just I'm thankful for my car or my home. It's thank you. What a beautiful sunrise. Or I'll see two little kids playing and, and, and I'll, I'll have a big smile on my face or I'll pet a dog on the way there or I'll see a beautiful tree or whatever. Mm. The birds are singing. That's the stuff. And it just ignites mm. your spirit big time. What yeah, a great gratitude, way to... Yeah, it takes you out of your issues and gives you a bigger picture. And, um, you know, I truly, when I find, when I'm working with somebody and they're really in their head and I can't get them out of their head, I always say, for the next week, you're staying in gratitude. I tell them how to do it. Yep. All I want you to do is stay in gratitude for a week, okay? Just a week. <laughs> and it will shift. It shifts you. <clears throat> so it, it, It's just, yeah, it is. And, and the more you feel that gratitude, um, people start seeing the change in your life, too. Because you are changing, and you might not even be aware of it. Yeah. It takes a while, but the more you do it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty insane. It's pretty I find quick. that I find that we get rewarded very quickly when we start changing our thought process. We usually get a perk pretty quickly. This yep. is how it's been with me. 
and and it where it said it reinforces that what you're doing you know is the right thing um i see that a lot so anyway well we could talk all day steve i'm sure we could but um it's been really wonderful having you on my show i'm was really excited to cover this book and uh, to talk to you about it just exceptional good job i i appreciate you thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing and if there's anything that you need for me at all in the future anything i could do to help you you know how to contact me so i do appreciate you thank you did a fabulous job thank you thank you okay